guess who's back? Back again. Cancer's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Na 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 na. Emery is creating a monster. Godzilla's back. Get in. Hello and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. Who likes my intro? I am buzzing to see that happy, smiley face of Esri Conta back in training at Aston Villa. Into the running of our Champions League. Striving to get there. We are going to get there. Up the Villa. Welcome to Up the Villa podcast and the predicted lineup. If you are new to our channel, make sure you are subscribing. Smash a like just for the introduction alone. You won't get any of that anywhere else. And make sure you are commenting in the comment section down below. So, predicted lineup time. We're going to go in depth on Luton, how they set up, what we can expect from them. We're going to have a look at. Aston Villa set pieces, the recent ones that have been posing some problems, and we're going to predict the lineup now with some players coming back from injury. We're going to have something to talk about there as well. So enjoy the show. But first of all, we're going to go straight in there, and we are going to have a look at how Luton are going to be setting up. So they played against Manchester City. They went pretty strong in that game, which was. Good because I really wanted to have a good look at them. I wanted to see how they were setting up. And I wanted to see what, what they do with the ball, without the ball, etc. So we've got quite a bit to go through with them first. So we'll run through their tactics and then we'll move on to McPhee and then we'll do the lineup. So Luton, what are they? How are they playing? How have they adapted? One thing to note is that they will be battling until the final whistle. They don't give up. They were 3-0 down against Man City. They didn't give up. They keep going. They've got desire. They've got application. They've got belief. They've got hunger. um, And they've got sort of like an exuberance of just positivity, of just trying to get back into games and and never say die attitude. So if Villa go 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, we've got to maintain our levels and control the game. So that's the first thing that I will mention. So formation-wise, they're a 5-3-2. It alters, it changes, it differs. They can they can press with a 4-4-2. They can play with a 5-3-2. They can, if you look at it on a piece of paper, it can be a 3-5-2. It can, it can change in the way it looks, uh, depending on where they are and where they're moving around. But their their main outlets are with their fullbacks. You find that with a team that sets up with five at the back anyway. So what can we see? We can see Doherty, who is a massive threat for Luton. He is, um, you know, he's got an abundance of, of power. He's pacey. He's aggressive. He can deliver a ball. He can deliver the ball from deep or from the byline. And he's got real quality about him. One player that I've been really impressed in this Luton side. On the opposite side, you've got Ogbené, who 
generally is a little bit different to Doherty. He's more high and wide, where Doherty can, if you look at his average positions, he, he generally comes into that inside area there. So he inverts slightly, whereas Ogbené will hug that touchline through there. So their big main threats come from these fullbacks who we've licensed, want to get forward, and Ogbené exactly the same. We have got Barkley, who has a freedom role. His role can sometimes be something that I call the Perlo role, where he will pick up the ball from deep and he will look to get on the ball. He'll want to have nice touches. He'll want to spray passes around. But also, he can do the damage in these areas, inside and around the 18-yard box. Very creative. We know what Barkley's all about. Really good player. And he's banging form at the minute. They attack with a two-up top. Uh, they've done that pretty much all season. They'll sometimes play a little bit narrower, a little bit more together. But on crosses, they'll peel off and offer a threat and occupy centre-backs through there as well. The keeper is really good. But the area in which I think can be exploited and Manchester City exploited massively was through these areas through here. So strikers running off the back, peeling off defenders, Getting inside these three players through here are areas that I think you can really stretch and exploit Luton. With goal kicks, sometimes they'll set up as if it's going to go short. And then what the keeper will do is he'll push everybody forward. And then they'll employ a long goal kick, mainly up to those two strikers looking to get knockdowns. If it's Chong, if it's Clark, he'll occupy Anything in and around that zone as well. He'll come back to help out that two midfield as well. So this player generally has a little bit of a license as well. Now, against Manchester City, they employed a man-for-man -man marking. When they were pressing, when they were out of possession, it was man-for-man. -man. Is it naive? Is it stupid? Is it brave? I think it's a combination of both. So I'm just going to roughly put up now how Aston Villa could set up in this game. Um, and then what we'll see is we'll have a look at and I'll explain how they attack with that man-for-man -man system as well. So I'd rather show you without sort of specific players and then we can go into the lineup as well. So Aston Villa's shape of our team will generally look something like this. So their man-for-man -man system that they, they went for it is brave. I mean, you've got a left back... A, a right back going forward. You've got the left back pressing on to the full backs. You've then got Morris and you've got Woodrow pressing centre backs. And then everybody else goes for man for man. Now, if they go man for man against Aston Villa, then the most crucial player for Aston Villa is going to be Emi Martinez. So on goal kicks, what you'll find in a in a man for man system is that you'll generally have two players that will be outside the edge of the box. When that pass goes to a Pau Torres or a Longley, you'll find Morris will press that player that's on the ball. The ball will then move to Emi Martinez. The player will then press Martinez. And then we can see a player that has stepped up and has beat that man for man. Man for man, it's all about trying to find the spare man. Once Longley has the ball, he could drive forward. Then you'll find a midfielder will come forward. Passing to midfield, spare man in midfield. Everything then starts opening up. So if they employ the man-for-man -man tactic against Aston Villa, Emi Martinez as the spare man will be very, very crucial. So that's something that I picked up on as well. Uh, set pieces, they'll generally be in a little bit of a cluster. They'll go into a cluster 
just outside of the penalty spot and then they'll spread out and then they'll move and then they'll separate and then that's how they were attacking corners and set pieces. So I think that's everything on Luton really. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to want to press. Aston Villa have to be brave. Aston Villa have to play our game. We have to be calm. We have to maintain our composure. We have to not let the atmosphere you know, spill over onto the pitch and it becomes an end-to-end basketball type game. If Aston Villa have control of this game, Aston Villa will win this game, in my opinion. And it's all about what we do and how we manage the game, how we impose our style, how we apply ourselves. But with certain players coming back, it's starting to look a little bit better for Aston Villa in a defensive area. So, next up on the agenda are set pieces. Now, me and Justin touched on the set pieces in the match preview. And it was well received. You all offered your thoughts. And I just want to touch on it a little bit more. I just want to, basically what I want to do is I want to talk about it. So psychologically, it doesn't happen in the game. So you get where I'm coming from. So if I talk about it, hopefully it won't happen on Saturday. Uh, so that is my thinking. Um, but before I get into that, I've been reading a book and I want to show you. So I've been reading this book. It's called Unai Emery, El Maestro, and it's written by Romain Molina. So it's all about his time at Arsenal. It's a biography, not an autobiography. So it's been written for Emery. Um, and there are a lot of quotes in here. There's um, a lot of good stories. And I'm starting to piece things that I've heard about Emery and what I'm reading in this book. It's coming together um, of just the way he is, the way he is as a person, how he's grew up, how driven he is, how like resilient he is and just basically his mindset. And it's a really good read so far. I'm only about 30 pages in, there's 200 pages in it. So it's not a long book. Uh, but, you know, we hear about Emery and we hear about him sort of no excuses. You know, we hear him saying this a lot with injuries, no excuses. There there aren't any excuses. We get on with things. We, we just build and we grow our style and our identity and our philosophy and our mindset. And we sort of don't get any setbacks. We look at things as a positive and Emery's creating that culture at Aston Villa. Uh, so this whole set piece sort of, we don't have Mings, we don't have concert, we don't have power, we don't have blah, 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 we don't have Carlos. Emery won't be going, oh, Austin, Austin, like, what, what are we going to, we ain't got Mings, we haven't got Carlos, what, like, what are we doing here? He won't be saying that. He'll be saying, Austin, sort it out. We need to be better at defending these set pieces. We've got to be stronger. We can't keep conceding. No excuses. Whoever's in the team, deal with it and be better. And that's 100% what he's talking about because in this book that I've been reading, I'm starting to get those vibes from memory. You're starting to paint a picture of, of how he is and how determined and how meticulous. And there's players like Cavani, there's Van Mata, there's Negredo, all talking about Unai Emery as this really driven, um, charged up coach. And they've never worked with anything like it before. So 
that's what's going to be going on in the background, Aston Villa. No excuses. Just get on with it. Defend better and play better. So uh, those are basically what I'm thinking about it as well, to be fair. But so we're going to have a look at the set pieces against Nottingham Forest then. So because on this podcast, I like to talk about tactics. I like to I like to show you sort of how we're playing and what we're doing and we create a better understanding together. Uh, so if we can understand things, we can know what to look out for in games and and what's right, what's wrong. If we have a bit of a mare or we do things well, you can picture what goes into us doing things well and what happens when we do things bad. So generally, when Aston Villa are defending a set piece, we go half zonal and half man marking. So the zonal marking, you can see here now. So the zonals, you've got, you've got near post, you've got Eight, edge of the six-yard box, and you've got, again, edge of the six-yard box again. So we've got three zonals in there. And generally, Ollie Watkins is always the player that's going to be near that front post because he's the one that heads things out at front post. Mings was the one that heads things out when it gets into that central area. So those are the, the zonal. Then we have man marking. So we've got man marking, we've got man marking, a man marking, and then the three up against the Nottingham Forest three that are in that cluster. So what happens with the ones that are man marking? Pretty simple. Follow your man. You follow your man. The ball comes near your man. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. It's simple, right? But sometimes it's not as simple as that because there's a new tactic what teams do, and it's, it's about blockers. So, for example, if we had Tyro Mings in our team, and they know that Tyro Mings is the one that comes out and he mops up and he heads that sort of second contact, they will block Mings to stop him from doing it and then have a runner that goes in and then he's challenged, he, he can hit that zonal space that Mings has been blocked off from. So that's generally what teams tend to do now. That's illegal now. We can't do that in football because anybody who watched Liverpool and the Chelsea game know that Endo blocked off somebody, which meant that he blocked off, Van Dijk scored, it got chalked off. So you can't block anymore. So let's start to see some consistency with that then. So if there's blockers, it can't be a goal because we've seen it chalked off in a cup final. But what happens here? is as you can see, Pau Torres is up against Taiwo. Taiwo peels around, he peels around um, Pau Torres and gets a free header. So Pau Torres loses his man. As you can see on this graphic here, by the time um, Taiwo heads that ball across, he's lost Pau Torres. So we lost our man in this moment. Against Manchester United, same similar setup. You've got the zonals and you've got the man markers. We've got Douglas Louise up against Maguire. Bit of a mismatch. Anyone that watches England know that Maguire is a massive threat on set pieces. So he wins everything. What happened again? Maguire won the ball. We were slow to react. And then Hoyland got a yard on Watkins. Watkins didn't press come out. Um, and... We lost our we lost our shape there. So again, whoever was marking Hoyland has lost Hoyland. He's been able to move around, get space, and we've conceded another goal. So generally, those are two teams that are playing in clusters. A team that didn't play in clusters was Newcastle. So as you can see, a similar sort of setup. You've got man for man, and you've got zonal. So you've got your zonals in here, 
And then you've got your man for man, man for man, man for man. But note in this instance, we've got Konsa up against two players. So we didn't really work that one out too well. But I remember in this game, we was leaving two players up front. Now, the problem with leaving two players up front is if you're leaving players that are out, you're, you're leaving gaps. You're leaving more space because if you're taking players out of the box, there's there's more space. Whereas if you put more players in the box, it's more tight, it's more congested. So in this instance, we have a bit of a mare, we lose our man, and then Shah. But you can see on this one that Konsa kind of gets a little bit blocked off and Shah's able to stick his leg out and he scores that goal. So defending on some of these set pieces does drastically need to improve. Again, on this one, we had a high line. Cash loses his man. Frit, a header that goes across the box. And I think it was Anduni who slotted that one away. So those are some of our setups for defending set pieces. I think it's important that we try and get the first contact. If we can't get the first contact, you have to get the second one. Because the second one is so important as well. And we have to be quick to react. Unai is creating this culture at Villa. And it's no excuses. And I'm going with the same philosophy as Unai. I'm sticking with Unai. Whatever he says... I'm running with as well. So if he's not making excuses, neither am I. Right. So let's have a look then at uh, Aston Villa's lineup. And we've got to talk about the lineup now because are we going to go with some changes? Right. So what I'll do now is I'll get this up on the screen for us now. Let me just sort myself out. Right. Let's go. Let's have a look at this then. So we are going to go with Villa's lineup then. In the comment section down below, I want you guys to put your lineups in the comment section down below and the changes and the tweaks that you're going to make to the team as well. So let's go. Emmy Martinez in goal for me. Uh, has to be. So good. So dominant. Best goalkeeper in the world. Why would you not put anyone else in there? Next up. Left back, left back, left back, left back. <sighs> Don't know whether to make a change here, you know. Um, we'll stick with what we've been doing, but I think we're getting a bit closer to Luke Dean getting a start, I think. Just a vibe, just a vibe I've got. Uh, that is my vibe. Right, next up, Pau Torres, 100% plays for me. 100%. We know that Pau had a scam. I think the Express and Star said that he felt oh, it's okay. It's not come back with anything. Um, I'm guessing he's having a couple of days off training. If Pau Torres is fit to play, for me, he 110% Plays this game. We are only focused on beating Luton. Forget about next week. Next week is next week. This is a bigger game than the game that we have next week against Spurs. Because it's the game that's up next. We're not in a position. And no club is in a position to be saying, yeah, but Spurs is a bigger game than Luton. Like I'd rest power against Luton. 
Why would we do that? We can't do that. We're not in a position to do that. We have to win every single game that we're playing in. So Pau, for me, if fit, plays this game, there's no resting, nothing. If he's fully fit and the, the medical staff have said Pau can play, he's playing. Because if we lose this game, then the game next week is big, yeah. But if we'd have won this game, it wouldn't have been as big because we've won this game. And, you know, the grand scheme of where we are, okay, it's one game at a time. Yes, next week we've got Ajax and Spurs. But this you can't we can't write off Luton and just chuck Luton and say, oh, yeah, but, you know, Longley could play or Chambers can play. We can't disrespect teams. If our best player's fit and ready to play, then he plays. Next up, I am going to go with Longley, who I have been so, so impressed with. This relationship with Pau is absolutely wonderful. So I'm going with Longley. Hasn't put a foot wrong. Really rate him. And I think he's absolutely quality. Now, similar to Pau, if Konsa is fit... Konsa plays this game. If Konsa is fully, fully fit, raring, ready, medical staff, Konsa's back to playing. He can play 90 minutes, then Konsa's back in. Because this setup for me of three centre-halves at the back for Aston Villa is our best setup, in my opinion. It's brilliant. It adds more control. It's stronger. It's more physical. It's better in the air. It's bigger, it's more powerful, and that's what I'm going with. If the, if if these defenders are fit, they're playing, we've got to play them. Then we're going to go with McGinn and Douglas Louise. We'll go with Yuri Tielemans making up the box midfield with Jacob Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey has got another big game. I think he's slowly getting back to his best, but I would like to see a full 90-minute performance from him. Um, where he's just back to his best. He, he's he's showing for the ball for the full 90, and he's just strong, and he's dribbling, and he's getting stuck in, and, and, and a well-rounded performance from Ramsey as well. So that's my team. That's what I'm going with. I feel like that team can beat Luton. If we have a little look now at um, how I feel like we can set up and how we can counteract Luton a little bit. So... Bear with me two seconds and I'll just put the team where I think we're all going to be, where we're going to play. So we'll go McGinn, we'll go Luis, we'll go Ramsey, Moreno. And that back, that back three just looks that it just looks brilliant to me. Uh, it looks really, really good. So if I put their lineup in there as well, uh, of what we can expect from where them they can be as well. So this is how I feel like the lineup can could look like. Um, and this is how I think it will look sort of average position-wise for them and us, really. The key area for me in this game, and it's the key area quite a lot of the time, and you'll remember me saying in, in the double pivot episode, in the match preview about the double pivot, is that area for me. You know, I'm looking at that midfield and I'm thinking Lekonga Barkley, and you've got Chongu who's going to be dropping in and moving around that area. You know, if we're looking at overloading that midfield, then the 4-3 to three is something that Villa should be all over, really. I think with Doherty, we know he's a threat. We know he wants to get forward. You know, you'll see him in these areas down here. 
Who do I want more? I want one of the, well, I'll probably say this. I want the best defender at defending 1v1 in the Premier League, and it's Konsa. He's absolutely brilliant at it. So Konsa can sort out Doherty, then have Moreno up against Ogbené. I think Pau and Longley have just got to make sure their partnership and their 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 communication is really good. And then we know that we're going to get Bailey 1v1 if they want to go on a, on a 2v1. Don't really matter, really, because Bailey's got that much quality at the minute that he can just, you know, pick a pass from anywhere. It's important that Ramsey helps work out in that channel area through there. We're going to have Tielemans who will be pressing with Ollie Watkins, who can then drop and help out and work with, you know, trying to control Barkley a little bit as well. So those are how I think we're going to line up. That's how I think Luton are going to line up. And I'm just really looking forward to the game, looking forward to watching Villa. You know, real big news of Conser being back as well, which is absolutely massive. So looking forward to it. Uh, can't wait for it. We're in great form. We're doing brilliantly in the league. Let's go. Let's go win this game. So cheers, everyone who's watched this episode. If you are new and you've got this far, subscribe, drop a like, comment your thoughts. And up the villa.